Hey guys, it's your international award-winning author, literary extraordinaire, and awe-inspiring coach, Tamille M. Jackson. And this is Educated and Empowered. to part two of He Made Me Cry. Did I actually take the time to speak with my biological father, Renee? Tune in to find out. I um, went, we went on my back porch and we talked for about three hours. And I should probably say I talked for about two hours. And then we talked for that last hour because the first couple hours were spent with me telling him how much I hated him. Um, Hated him because of how he made me feel like this burden that I've been carrying around all my life, not understanding why he didn't want me, not understanding why I wasn't worth his time, not understanding. And so all of that burden um, had built up over the years. And I'm not typically the type of person to hold on to stuff like that. And so it made me even more angry because I couldn't get rid of it. This was just how I felt. So all these years, this stuff is just festering. And then you got the nerve to come in my life at 18 and say that you want to be a part of my life. And then you disappear for four more years. And then you just pop up here today simply because my mama is dying. What if she wasn't dying? So do that mean I would have never saw you again? So like that whole conversation, all right? So after I got it out, he allowed me to get all of it out. And then he apologized to me. And here's the thing, you can always, well, I can. I can look at somebody and tell when they're sincere in their apology. And I could look at him and I knew that he was sincere. And you know, he couldn't explain anything away and he didn't even try. You know, the only thing that he he was like, the only thing I can tell you is that it was never that I didn't want to be in your life. Um, he was like that. He knew that my mom, because him and my mom was never a couple. You know, y'all know we all we all grown, grown over here. So y'all know one thing leads to one thing. And then, boom, you look up and you pregnant. And then, you know, so it was like one of those situations. Not that they had been together in these long, these, you know, lovers or whatever. No, nah, it's just a thing that happened. And then, you know, and so um, and so his point was that my mom had moved on with my dad. And so the three of them sat down and the three of them decided that it would be best for me if since my dad had went through the process of adopting me, that it would be less confusing for me if he wasn't in the picture. 
And so, okay, I, I try, even today, I try to put myself in that situation because I understand some situations can be kind of tricky. So matter of fact, can I pause for station identification? Can I pause and ask y'all that? So if y'all had that situation where, say you had a child by somebody, y'all wasn't like a couple couple, y'all didn't have no history. It was just whether it's a one night stand or whatever, it wasn't a little deep relationship. Um, you end up pregnant by the person, but then you move on and you get into a relationship with somebody else who is actually willing to raise your child. Do you tell that child that the person that you're currently with is not their father? Do you, do you on your own as the parent, do you introduce that conversation? Or do you just kind of avoid it and, and say nothing unless and until the child brings it up? How would y'all handle that? Because if I'm being 100, I still can't answer that question. So it's like, I can't even, even though none of them are here today, uh, like they're not allowed today, like being grown, grown, like in my forties now, I still can't answer like the best thing that I can come up with is maybe when I was younger. So say, you know, under 10. And if I didn't know, um, and if they felt that that would be confusing for me, then as a parent, you have to do what you feel is in the best interest of your child. Right. And, and the, <laughs> You know, the thing about this thing called life is that it don't come with an instruction manual. So a lot of times you just have to make your decision, stand on it and hope like crazy that you actually got it right. Because in most situations, it can either be left or right. It literally could. And it's just like, okay, pick already. So you got to make a choice and then you just kind of got to get behind what you chose and stand for it. For me, yes, because I understand resentment. Same for adoption immediately upon comprehension. I think I will when they are of age to understand it better. See, and, and for both y'all, I think that that's how I feel. Like, I could understand mom not telling me then, okay? And so when I asked her at 14 and her telling me, you're right, you do have a biological father that's not your dad. Um, but I, so it's not that she didn't tell me, but I still felt incomplete. You know, I still kind of felt cheated. I still, and so my point is, I don't know if there's anything, even if she would told me earlier, the fact that he wasn't in my life, knowing now all the things I'm get to, even if I would have known earlier on, it wouldn't change the fact that he wasn't in my life. So let me, y'all keep on on that. I'm gonna go back and finish the story because I need to get y'all to understand what I mean. So he was saying, he explained to me that, you know, he, my dad and my mom had all sat down and they had all discussed the fact that um, what they felt would be in the best interest of me, right? Um, that they felt that it would be confusing for me if him and my dad were both there. 
and he didn't want to cause confusion because he knew that he was not going to be a consistent part of my life. Like, because he knew he was always on the go, he was, you know, in the music world, he was like an activist, he did all this type of stuff. And so he knew that he was always going to be on the go. And so, so that he wouldn't have to pop in and out. And he knew that my dad was going to be there consistently. He felt that my dad would be a better dad for me than he would be. So he just kind of agreed to fall back, right? So, and, and both my mom and dad agrees to that telling, well, at that time when they were alive, they agreed to that rendition. So it's not like a lie he told, that was how it went down. They all agree, okay, you ain't gonna really be here. She may be able to have questions. You don't wanna keep on popping in and out. He's going to be here. So he's the stable, you know, uh, parent. So he and I are the ones that's together. He's agreeing that he's going to be stable. So what we feel to be best for her is for it to just be me and him. You fall back. And he was like, okay, so he fell back. Get all that. So then once I turned 18, I'm like, what happened then? Because you came, you introduced yourself, you had apologized, and then, you know, you just fell off the earth. And here's the thing about bitterness it can overtake you if you let it this is the reason why it's dangerous to hold on to it and so if you say you love yourself so here's a life tip if you say you love yourself but you're holding on to bitterness i would question if you really love yourself because when you love yourself you don't do anything that's going to hurt you and when you hold on to bitterness, when you hold on to resentment, when you hold on to all of those negative feelings, it hurts you. Many times we feel like when we hold on to stuff against somebody that is hurting that person. Nine and a half times out of 10, it's not hurting them because they're not even aware of how you feel. So they definitely ain't aware that you're holding on to these feelings. So you the one that's waking up and, and those things, those emotions take a physical toll on your body. And that's, that's legit. Like you can Google that, that's facts. So if you actually love yourself as much as you say you do, then you would not be harboring um, bitterness. You would not be holding on to all of this hatred and anger that you may have for somebody. And it could be a legit thing that they did. So I'm pausing to say that if you find yourself in a situation where you are struggling to overcome bitterness, anger, and hatred, then you need to seek help. And I don't mean that you're crazy. I mean, you need to figure out how to let go of that because it's hurting you. So even if you don't care about them and you're angry with them, love you enough to be able to let go and move forward. And that was one of the things that I had to do from that 18 to 22 period, even though you know, it hurt because I was still going through stuff and I thought that I was over it. But then when he had popped up four years later, all of those feelings came back. You see what I'm saying? So I actually wasn't over it. I had just suppressed it. So suppressing something, sweeping it under the rug is not the same as actually dealing with it. Okay. So let's move on in the story. 
So at this point, he comes back and he asks me again, you know, would I forgive him? And again, I said yes, because I legitimately, that is, y'all, I can't, if I began to talk to y'all about all the folks that done did me wrong in my little life, we'd be here for the next little while. And I ain't got that type of time. But I am one that legitimately, I forgive, I let go. I don't hold on to stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm trying to live on purpose and purpose with purpose and holding on to a grudge against you just slowing me down. So I don't believe in doing that. So in either case, I forgave him. This time it was so totally different. Like he was there. Um, he was there for the rest of, I mean, he was there like almost every day. If he wasn't at my house, he was calling me. You know, my mom had passed just a couple weeks after that. He was there for my mom's funeral. He was there for the birth of my daughter. Um, he had told me about me having siblings. He's like, cause you got a lot of siblings and they all know about you. Um, I think the biggest disconnect with healing is not understanding that the body keeps count. For me, it's the triggering thoughts that bring my body back to the day it, oh girl, I feel you on that because so many times you're literally right back to the moment that it happened. So I totally feel you on that. Um, I forgive the best I can, but my body holds anxiety of events from years ago. I don't know how to overcome my body, um, how my body responds to the pain of the event. So what I would say for you, Travel, honestly, is, um, and I don't know what your beliefs are as it pertains to therapy, um, and, and again, I've been to counseling or therapy or whatever you want to say. So this isn't something like I'm trying to look down on you. I'm sharing with you like it helps. Sometimes it helps to just be able to get it out. Sometimes it helps to be able to talk to somebody in a non-judgmental a non environment because sometimes when we talk to the people that we know about our situation whether they supposed to or not whether we asked them to or didn't what happens is that they end up sharing their feelings or their opinions and if they don't understand how we could feel a particular way that we feel then they gonna kind of chime in on that and depending on the type of personality that you have, that may shut you down where you're like, just never mind, I'm holding the rest up to myself, I ain't sharing nothing else. Um, I just start seeing it's like, yes, come on. And, and so what happens is when you talk to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a therapist, a counselor, whatever the name that you use, when you talk to someone else that is not from your circle, that does not know who you are, then they come in with no bias. They come in simply wanting to be able to help you to get better. And so if that means just giving you the floor to just be able to vent and get it all out, because sometimes 
it's just a point that it's been suppressed for so long because we never got a chance to express our feelings, whether it's because we felt bad to say out loud how we really felt because we didn't want for somebody to look at us or think about us a different way because we ain't supposed to be. Y'all know how we do. A lot of times, you know, until you, until you grown, 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 and to the point where you comfortable with who you are, um, like whether we say we people pleasers or not, it matters to you. It matters to you what other people think. And even if it's not other people holistically, at least the people that's in your circle, it matters what they think. And people automatically just appoint, hey, Miss Brandy, um, people kind of just appoint how you're supposed to feel based on who they feel that you are. So they ain't never got to walk a day in your shoes. They have never had to deal with what you're dealing with, but they kind of put out there their expectations on you. And then we turn around and we feel like we got to hold their, we got to live by their expectations of us, even if that's not being true to how we feel. So the point is we end up harvesting all of these emotions, holding on to a lot of this stuff. So sometimes just talking to somebody um, allows us to get it out of us so that we're no longer plagued by it, right? So sometimes just getting it out helps. But then when you're able to talk to somebody who do, they don't know your situation, they don't know you, they not taking sides. So they're able to just evaluate the situation for the situation's sake. Cause again, we all got family members and or friends and or coworkers that depend on the situation, they already got a favorite. They didn't already picked who's right and who's wrong regardless of what they actually know about the situation. So that when you're sharing, like if they don't like the person, they automatically gonna be on your side, not because what you saying got married, but just cause they don't like the other person. So that don't really help you out it's not helping you to grow. Or if they like the other person and they don't like you, then that means that, and again, let's not say they don't like you, but if they really do like the other person, then they're gonna by, by default start making excuses for them. Well, you know, he only did that cause, he only said that cause, she didn't really mean that. You already know how that goes, right? I'm tired of people telling me how to navigate my life. They don't come on. And this is what I'm saying, like whatever our situations are, they're our situations, but the fact is that a lot of times we feel that and we don't want for people to butt in. And sometimes people butt in and sometimes they're not. But the fact is that, again, I say we have to get grown, 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 meaning that you're at a place where you're comfortable enough with who you are, with the decisions or the choices that you make for your life that you can like it or not, I really don't care at all. I, I don't remember asking your opinion, but you felt the need to say it, but just because you said it don't mean that it has to mean anything to me. And so I had, I was like right at 40 before I got that comfortable with myself. You understand what I'm saying? Until I got to that point where it didn't matter what certain, because I've never been a, a people pleaser holistically, but I have always been, you know, if you're in my circle, if you're if you're the person that I have allowed to have volume in my head, I, it matters to me what you think. But there are some times in your life where the only person that it should matter what they think is God, right? Like, it, it can't matter if 
this person care or this person agree. Like as long as you know that you're doing the best thing for you and you're being obedient to God, might not always be pleasing to everybody. Might not always be pleasing to everybody. Let me see, it's people who are close to me though. Brandy, look, child, okay, join the club because I don't know how long you've been watching the video, but keep on watching because this is what I'm saying. Like this was my, um, this is my biological father that this situation happened with. But the bulk of the time, it is the people that's the closest to you. Why? Because those are the people that we choose to value, right? Like there's this uh, adage that says, keep your friends, your enemies closer, your friends closer. A lot of times what happens is in our minds, we know to have our guard up for the people that don't like us, but we mistakenly feel that because you my cousin, because you my sister, my brother, my whoever, that it's okay. And ever in every case, it's not okay. So you can't just all willy-nilly be going around saying that, you know, like you and I'm not telling you to be guarded. I'm saying don't feel like just because of a a relationship, you know, so a bloodline don't automatically make people trustworthy. Just because you related to somebody don't necessarily mean that they got your best interest at heart. And a lot of times we we make, you know, we feel that way. And I think it's natural to feel that way because who wants to believe or accept that their people don't care, you know, that their people are the ones that's plotting against them, that's talking against them or whatever. But again, I say, Jesus handpicked Judas. So all I'm going to say, I'm going to keep on going with my story. So anyway, so, so, um, Renee, that's my dad, my father's name, my father, my biological father's name is Renee. So Renee, you know, he, he made good on his promise the last time. Like again, every day he was over my house or calling me on the days he wasn't, he was there when my mom died. He was there when my baby was born. And then he began to tell me that I had other siblings and he would always tell me, they know all about you, like all of them, all of them. How many siblings I got? Cause keep in mind, I grew up with one sister. Me and my sister got the same mama. So all my life, I've been saying I got one sister. He like, all your siblings know about you. How many is all? So he started going down this name and that's one name, one name. Huh? I get, oh, okay, oh, oh, okay. Um, let me see. My own family is trying to talk me out of it. Girl, girl, we, that's a whole nother show. When, let me see. I can see the headline now. When traditionalists try to understand entrepreneurs, if you're a traditional worker, you ain't never going to understand the mindset of entrepreneurs. So just, just let it be. But anywho, he's telling me about all these different siblings I got. So just to tell y'all, so all told it's six of us from my dad's side. It was two girls, a boy, two girls, a boy. So I'm one, two, three. I'm four of six from my father, okay? So he was telling me, you know, so, and again, so keep in mind, my mom passed away in August, okay? So August 2002 is my mom died. So around May, so around May-ish, sometime in May, I get a knock on my door and I open the door and there's two random guys I had never seen before in my life. Something in me was like, them your people. 
Sure enough, these are my two brothers standing in front of me. Because again, there's four girls, two boys. So my two brothers are on the porch. So they're telling me that want to know what my brothers had to tell me? Then tune in to part three of He Made Me Cry.